Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up on this BFC Live, we connect with Dana Baranofsky of CanDelta, the official regulatory advisory of Business of Cannabis. She wanted to come on to talk about functional ingredients in edibles in the Canadian cannabis landscape. Enjoy this conversation with Dana Baranofsky. Dana, thank you for being here bright and early on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm glad it's what we're going to be talking about. I um, am a careful watcher slash consumer of uh, edibles on the market in everywhere, but specifically <laughs> everywhere I can buy them in Ontario. And it seems to me, and you're going to tell me if I'm wrong, they're getting to be more interesting. Yes, I think so. I've been keeping an eye out on them as well. And one really cool thing that I've been seeing is a lot more unique ingredients, which is really awesome because edibles really have the opportunity to use so many different ingredients. And that's what makes them really unique products in the cannabis market. When we're talking about like dried there's not much you can do in terms of ingredients same with extracts you're only limited to flavoring agents as well as cannabis extract and stability ingredients whereas edibles it's like an open field well i I like that and i want to bring an example from i don't know maybe four three four or five months ago that got a lot of conversation on twitter um that was and i i don't want to out the company but i think it was like dynathrive has a um apple cider vinegar flavor and people like ooh, apple cider vinegar and then people who know what they're talking about like no that is like is the right word like a functional ingredient yes yes exactly so i actually have a background in human health and nutritional sciences so i did my bachelor's as well as my master's degree in that so this is my forte for sure um and when i saw that i thought that was really really interesting and i know that you know having worked in that space prior to coming to cannabis, like there are consumers that are aware of these ingredients. And I really like that product because um, first of all, it's got this unique ingredient. So if you look at the ingredients, it actually says apple cider vinegar in it and it comes in a cool format. So it, it's a gummy, but it comes in a 30 pack and it's CBD based. So already it's kind of trending in this direction of being kind of more of a wellness product than maybe a recreational product. And I always have to preface this, you know, functional ingredients, they're, they're essentially ingredients that have some sort of bioactive um, component that has an associated health benefits. We're, we're not talking about health claims here. Those are not permitted, um, but these ingredients can be used in kind of a unique way and positioned in a way where consumers might associate it with wellness. So it's really cool. It, it is cool. And, and, I, and I'm not like, it's not the traditional like strawberry, you know, uh, cherry, blueberry, like, and yeah. I love those. I'm not saying that's bad, but like, you know, what I, what I want to hear from you, it's like, how, how, do, how could a company, I guess, incorporate, like what's allowed, what's permitted, what kind of ingredients, like, are you finding interesting based on your background? Like maybe people should be thinking about putting into their edibles. Yeah, so one, so first of all, I just want to like highlight this opportunity too, because, um, you know, the edibles market is still growing right now. 
And if you look at a more mature market, and we kind of touched on this before, um, is that the the market share of edibles is actually quite bigger in let's say Washington. This is something that I looked at the other day, but they're at like 13% of the market share is edibles. Right now we're at like six, right? So there's like so much opportunity here. And right now, if you look at the market, it's like you said, a lot of gummies, like various flavors, like how do you choose between like four different gummies that are all pineapple flavor and they, they have all the same ingredients. It's kind of tough. So what's really cool, um, kind of playing on this apple cider vinegar uh, product. There's another one by Bliss. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it actually uses acai puree as well as blackberry puree in the gummies. So it's still a gummy product, but it's actually really unique when you look at it side by side for, for other products. And that's going to add some flavor to it. And it also just has kind of that functional ingredient in this as well, because acai is uh, considered a superfood. But when you're really looking at ingredients, you, you know, there's so many functional ingredients out there and it's not always easy to understand which ones are permitted and which ones aren't. So if you looked at a list, for example, you wanted to say you're looking at vitamin C, probiotics, electrolytes, um, those, those are kind of tricky ingredients because vitamin C you can't add because it's a vitamin. Um, probiotics you would not really be able to add because it's not a food right it comes in like a powder a capsule it's not in a food form and electrolytes are vitamins or sorry they're minerals so you would not be able to add them so one really cool way to get around this is look at the food sources of those ingredients so for example if you wanted to make an electrolyte drink maybe for you know post-workout add some anti-inflammatory CBD in there, um, you can use coconut water. So that's kind of how we see some of these companies going around uh, these restrictions and putting together a really cool functional product. It makes, it makes really good sense. And it's, you know, not, it's not the whole foodization of cannabis, but the idea that in many consumers' minds and the right consumers who these people are targeting these things, even though acai is difficult to pronounce, it, it, <laughs> it means something to some subset of people. Yeah. And to those people, it means a lot, just like apple cider vinegar, just like coconut water, like all those things. And like, do you have a list of what is like allowed and not allowed? Or is it like this broad category of food is allowed? You just can't say that it is an electrolyte or like, is, is that sort of how it works? Yeah. So this is actually what our clients come to us with all the time. It's like they have you know, they've been brainstorming about things that they would want to add in their into their edible products. And they get a list of these ingredients, and then it's it's hard to differentiate what's allowed and what's not. So generally, um, you know, we talked about those two products. Um, how you would know it's allowed is that first of all, they didn't make any health claims, so none of their marketing says says that there's any sort of health benefit to the product and then that the ingredients actually a food product so apple cider vinegar that's something it's like people use that in dressing so it's really easy to understand that that's a food ingredient and same with acai berries right like you can pop those back and like you're good to go and so that's generally how I take take a look at it is like is this something that can be 
consumed as food? Does it have a traditional use as food? So like melatonin, you can't, for example, it's something that is in foods, a component of food, but when you, when you go to like the supplement aisle, it comes in like a tincture or a tablet. So that's really how you can differentiate these things. And of course, like if you wanted to, you know, be more uh, adventurous, you could. And that's why we have the NNCP pro process, the new product notification. It's kind of an opportunity for you to put something forward that you're not entirely sure about and see if Health Canada has any questions. And it's a little bit riskier, but it's it's really an opportunity for you to to take some risk and potentially have a really unique product out there. It's like the version of like throwing spaghetti against the wall. It's just an edible <laughs> that you send to Health Canada. Like actually, how does that process work? Can you describe like, like if I was a company and I had an edible and I didn't know if it was not even compliant, but like what Health Canada was going to see, do I send them a, what do I do? Yeah, so there's the not the NNCP process, so the new product notification. Essentially, it's there, it's really well laid out. There's a guidance document uh, that Health Canada has put together. Um, and essentially, you're trying to explain this product to Health Canada. So you would have the brand name, you would have um, the entire ingredients list, you would have to put the entire product label together, um, explain how much THC, how much CBD is going to be in the product, any unique characteristics. And you you have to submit this 30 days before you, you take a product to market. So it's not actually an approval process by any means. A lot of the times companies don't hear back from Health Canada at all, but there's also an opportunity for Health Canada to provide you with feedback. Um, and we've seen that before, especially around um, flavors right now and vapes. Ah, I yes. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Um, and, and, and like in your crystal ball or your wish list, like when you're thinking about this, because you see it from like a regulatory compliance part, but you also come from the background you come from, like, what would you be producing right now if you were, uh, I, I don't want you to give it all away, but like, if you were thinking like, you know, what would be an amazing product in your mind that you would love a company to sort of think up that's compliant, yeah. that takes into account functional ingredients, but drawn from sort of food products that are totally compliant. Like, what are you thinking about? Yeah, so in terms of like a functional ingredient, um, I love the idea of coconut water. When I was like doing some research, I was I was sipping on this coconut water that was like watermelon flavored and it was fizzy. And I was like, this would be awesome if it was infused. So if anyone is listening to this right now, <laughs> yeah, I was like, please make this product for me, but I'm going to be expecting a, a check in the mail as well. <laughs> Just make it out to D. Baranofsky. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it, it is interesting because I mean, you at some stores you can see all the edibles they have, like, and almost up until very recently they all were variations on a sweet theme, basically, mm -hmm. right? But now there are some more savory ones that are in there. Uh, I think, like, I know there's like a salted caramel something something, and I know there's like a pretzel with caramel as well. Yeah. I think. That I saw, I, I haven't seen it on shelves. I've seen it in the thing. And now there's like cookies and brownies and, and that sort of thing. The beverages, there's also been some interesting variations, but like, are you expecting based on what you're hearing from clients, like more and more of this because it's just differentiated, but also it means so much for some consumers. 
Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that there's a lot of people that are interested in cannabis for wellness reasons, as well as like we have a medical market, right? So you got to think of all of those consumers. They are looking for, for different ways to consume cannabis. And they're looking, they're not necessarily looking for something that's uh, like a confectionery, something that's sweet. I think you also mentioned a really good opportunity for like having, you know, different product formats, uh, whether that is kind of still in like the junk food space or like maybe popcorn or something like that, that would be really cool. Um, or whether it's more like, you know, like a salad dressing. I know that sounds kind of interesting, but like a salad dressing or maybe even like dips or like a kombucha product or even maybe potentially dairy products. Like these are all things that are allowed as long as they're shelf stable. And there's obviously restrictions around these things, but I think, I think there is a huge opportunity and there are people that are looking for something different on the market. I agree. And I'm glad we had this talk because I like for me to think like, it, it's interesting to hear sort of what you can and cannot do what's functional and then see what's on shelves and see the, the white space, right? Like, oh yeah, oh, we could actually go after this thing. And I know it's not as easy as doing that, but it is, there is still opportunity. And there will be for a long time because we even see in, you know, more mature markets like Washington and Colorado, the gummy category continues to grow and evolve and, and, even so much like that there could be grown up flavors, right? Like, yeah. you know, like a watermelon, you know, like a, like a watermelon um, cucumber, like, you know, more yeah. elevated flavors, I guess. Broccoli flavor. <laughs> sure. Broccoli, broccoli. Like it's pretty good. Um, yeah. But, it, but it is, but you know, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to make products for people, but even like thinking about non-infused foods, like, um, like jelly beans, like there are jelly beans that taste gross intentionally. That's like, because true. it's funny, like you have a yeah. mixed pack and it's like, oh, like you get one that tastes like poop. Like there is this funny yeah. game that kids play. Um, yeah. I play that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, it, like, but, but you think about this, the opportunity and the interesting parts of what's about to evolve, which I guess is like exciting from a consumer perspective. It's exciting, I think, from like a retailer perspective, probably from the, whole, the provincial wholesalers as well. And I would guess from you and the Can Delta team, because you're helping these folks like think about compliance, thinks about what is allowed, get through the regulatory process. Like just on a personal level, is that like an exciting challenge for you and the team? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is something that we've been seeing more and more and it definitely is a challenge because it, every case is different. Um, but it's it gets me excited to see products that are different, right? I'm, I've seen so many gummies, chocolates, like those types of products. It's, it's really fun to see innovation in the space. Yeah, it really is. And, and kudos to you and the team for helping people bring that innovation to this place compliantly and putting uh, good resources to good use to get good products on the shelves for consumers. Um, anything we missed, Dana? Um, I just want to say like the takeaway really is that edibles, you have so much opportunity with ingredients. So take advantage of it as well as formats, really take advantage of it. Um, think outside of the box remember your regulations. Uh, we're always there to help as well. And really this is a, a growing category. So I think we should all be focusing on it a little bit more. I agree. And it's my preferred method of ingestion. So the more we do, the more you guys do, the better life is for me. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Dane and the Candle the team. Uh, and we'll connect with you down the road. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jay.
That was Dana Baranofsky of Can Delta. If you like this program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you heard the show. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of our ongoing partners, including Alterna Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, Headset, and Torque Mains. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com.